Hi, friends. Thank you so much for joining us for the Jesus Plus Life podcast. Each week, guests will ask questions to author and pastor Sonny Hennessy about life, Jesus, and where they intersect. We're so happy to be able to come alongside you in your Jesus journey. If you want to watch instead of listen, follow Jesus Plus Life on IGTV. Otherwise, keep listening as we start up this week's conversation, as always, with a question. So I remember um, being a single mom, having my daughter, trying to finish college, and having that tension of not going back to church because I felt judged by everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, because I had a kid, my sin was out there. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew my sin. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to that person who is struggling to go back to church because they feel like they're going to be judged? <laughs> well, I actually had a baby at 15, and when I was pregnant, she didn't, she didn't make it. And uh, I remember when I was pregnant, my mom said something very profound. And it was probably hard for her to say because as a parent, she was so disappointed, rightfully Mm -hmm. so. So I'm sure that my mom had to really push herself to say this to me. But I think it came after she heard parents probably judging her parenting and Mm -hmm. judging me. She said, it's interesting because all of Sunny's friends are having sex too. Hers is just visible. Yeah. And that set me free. Yeah. Now, does that justify my behavior and their behavior? No. Right. But I think when we will quit going, oh, I'm judged. Well, we just got caught. Yeah. We didn't, we yeah. didn't uh, do anything different than our friends were doing. Yeah. It's hard to stand out. I should have been doing something different. Right. I should have been staying pure. And, and so that helped me. And I think that's how people need to think about the church is that there's people walking in, but some of it's just very private. Somebody right. could be having a porn addiction and they yeah. just can keep it very under wraps. Yeah, yeah. And somebody else comes in smelling like smoke and they think, oh, I'm going to get judged. Right. The porn addiction is a bigger deal right. than smoking. Smoking's yeah. like abusing your body mm-hmm. that God gave you. Uh, pornography is a sexual sin against the body and against anybody that's in your life that you should be having a right. healthy relationship mm-hmm. with. So I think we all need to be set free to go. There's hidden sin and there's mm-hmm. outward sin. Everybody has it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I will speak on behalf of our church, and I think there's a ton of churches, especially the growing churches, mm-hmm. are letting people know this isn't a place to judge you. This is a place right. to help you. Like, yeah. why else would we be the church? Right. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was more that I was feeling that insecurity. Because once I walked into the church, people were welcoming. Mm-hmm. They wanted to help me. Mm-hmm. So it was that struggle, like, within myself mm-hmm. to just get over it, like, I just needed to go back to church. So it was more about me, not necessarily the people in the church. Yeah. And you're making a great point that we want to point fingers at those who we feel are judging us when what you realized is they weren't pointing fingers. You were actually pointing fingers at yourself and feeling insecure. But I think that can happen. We can feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. And then it is easier or it's comforting sometimes for us to go, oh, they hate me. They judge me. And, and we're uh, imposing that on yeah. them, and it's not true. Yeah. So it was probably about nine years ago that we were sitting in a service, and the pastor was talking about tithing. And I wanted to like, justify myself of why I was not giving my tithe. So I said to myself, um, instead of my tithe, I tithe my time instead mm-hmm. of my money. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's thinking that today? That that's not biblical. We're supposed to give and serve. 
So that's like saying you're supposed to have food and water, but just saying, well, they're the same, so I'll just take one. Right. You can't, you can't give by serving. You're supposed to do both. So biblically, it was the first fruit. So like a farmer couldn't say, well, I'll just go work at the temple. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had to go and take their very best, their first fruits, and they had to sacrifice it. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that, I'm like, they would literally go find the best animal, the best crops, and they mm-hmm. burn it up. Like, it wasn't even like, well, this is going to go and feed the hungry. Like, today we can take our tithes and then it goes to something greater. It mm-hmm. helps sex traffic uh, victims. It helps uh, a mission, the Boys and Girls Club. It spreads the message of Jesus. In the Old Testament, it was just go burn it up wow. because it was an act of, I don't get to couple this with anything other than it's obedience. Mm-hmm. It's obedience and sacrifice. That's and that's what giving is. And then in the New Testament, Jesus said, Oh, don't stop giving. You need to give. You need to serve. And he really talked a lot about serving because they got the giving part in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, they said he said, go serve, go share the good news of me. And then he said, and on the giving side of it, because you're going to continue to do that, you've like figured that out and you realize it works. Mm-hmm. Now you need to change your heart and make it cheerful in mm-hmm. when you do it. So it's give, it's serve. Yeah. So good. What would you say also, um, same topic, tithing, is when people feel like the pastor is just asking for money, yeah. how do you um, relay that to the to the church, that it's not just the pastors asking for money? Right. Well, I think if people realize the weight that any pastor carries mm-hmm. to go, I have to pay my own personal utility bills and mortgage mm-hmm. and all of that. And then I also need to figure out how the church pays their utility bills and their snowplow bills and their payroll. That's maybe why the whole parsonage thing happened and like pastors would live next door connected to the church and Protestant Mm -hmm. churches or Catholic liturgical churches because it was like, this is a lot. So let's just have you pay one big bill, take care of that property because what a pastor has to and needs to carry is how do we provide all expenses to get those all covered mm-hmm. personally and for the church? Mm-hmm. And there is no government grant that's covering anything for the church. There is no other nonprofit giving the church money. It's actually an, a miracle, I think, that yeah. churches can stay alive because God has to talk to someone and say, you need to give, mm-hmm. you need to give to your local church. And I, for us anyway, we don't check anyone's like how, give me your pay stub, your tax return. We don't go and check. Now as leaders and staff, we for sure are going, we have to do it first. We have to tithe. So there's a standard for staff. There's a standard for leaders, but those who serve on the team or attend, we're not checking them. That's between them and God. And what's so miraculous is that God will speak even to the hardest heart. Mm-hmm. And then to all of the hearts that give and churches can operate because of a voluntary gift. Yeah. So yeah, good. that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go there. Let's talk about sex. And let's talk about how the enemy uses sex as a lure before you're mm-hmm. married, where you so just good. feel like you, you can't keep your hands off each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I feel like the enemy uses it in the exact opposite yeah. way once so you're true. married. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to married couples who are now struggling, married couples who didn't wait, who are now struggling with their sex life? Hmm. We have got to realize our enemy is real and yeah. he is chasing mm-hmm. us every moment of the day. 
And he loves that we can't keep our hands off each other. He's Mm -hmm. winning. It's, it's, it's making us feel great in the moment to have sex with that person who's off limits. But then after you do, it's, there's that regret. I've been there. I, I didn't wait until marriage and Sean didn't wait until marriage. And I knew better. Like I was raised Mm -hmm. to know better in fact. And it was that moment of satisfaction and then just no regard. And so then you're right. It flips. And then I talk to women all the time that they're like, I literally just don't want to have sex anymore. And that, and, and you know, what's so sad is that the enemy is winning so much because it's just proving his point, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. His point that marriage is the issue and marriage won't fix it. Marriage actually makes it worse. Mm -hmm. It's just that sin and evil is so good to our flesh. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, we're in a foreign land living on a foreign earth and Satan's roaming around and he's just got lots of controls and lots Mm of, um, issues going on in people's life. So what is my advice? My advice is you have to push through and break that because your marriage is worth it. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize and go, wait, that is messed up. Mm -hmm. Like that's messed up. And I think women have to do that more than men. And Mm -hmm. I, I I hate to, and Sean hates when men and women are generalized because Sean's a chick flick guy. He's a sentimental. He loves the like touchy feely movies and he loves to be emotional. So to him, he's like, no, I'm not chasing you around the house. And it's true. And so I, he doesn't like to be lumped that way. Yeah. Same thing with women. Like, I don't want to be lumped with, well, I just am just cold and so we're going to move in separate rooms by a certain point in our marriage because what's it matter? I'm, yeah. I will not be lumped in that. Yeah. But I will say, by and large, females, because of our hormones, when they get mm-hmm. off, which they're always fighting to get off, mm-hmm. and when they go up and down, and then if we're unhealthy and the older we get, the more our body just, I mean, we're aging. And yeah. women have hormonal issues, thyroid issues, the older they get. Mm-hmm. And so we blame it on menopause. Mm-hmm. But but what I've learned recently is that if you're healthy, menopause doesn't look like what everybody says yeah. it's going to look like. That's a health issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's back to the taking care of me so I can yeah. be a good wife. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I'm worn out and I'm not doing self-care, mm-hmm it's God, me, then Sean, then if I'm not doing good self-care, then I'm definitely not interested in Sean in any way to hang out and talk to intimacy. And so I think us women do have to fight it. We have to go enemy. I am not going to be that person. And this is not going to be that marriage. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I think there's an interesting flip too. That when before you're married and you're enjoying sex and and it's easy, right? Because you can't keep your hands off mm-hmm. each other. And then you get married and it's supposed to be this flip. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be this like, oh, now it's different. Now it's okay. Now it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it totally changes. And then it's like, wait, we have to talk about what we like and what we don't like. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think yeah. there's a big communication factor. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. totally changes after marriage. And then couples don't know how to talk about it Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And so they just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Sean was not a Jesus person before age 21. So he lived life. Like he went to Daytona. You don't want to know this about your pastor, but he went to Daytona beach and didn't come home for a month. And so he had a hard time shifting to sex is actually good and godly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He really did. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and I remember what you're saying, like yeah. the communication about it, because mm-hmm. when you're living together, well, it should, you know, even if your parents said, it's okay, you should do this and are encouraged to live together, you still feel like mm-hmm. a little guilty. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, there's this paper and this ceremony, yeah. and now yeah. you're just supposed to, supposed to be wonderful and right. God is yeah. in it and that's yeah. awkward and it yeah. was ugly and not, yeah. you know what we've done. And I, and you know, for some people, it's just a really hard road. They're going to have to walk. I can tell you what we're doing with our kids on the subject of sex is we talk about how awesome sex inside of marriage is and they yeah. hate it. Yeah. We don't give details, right. but they, it's funny because, you know, they go from Ew, to yeah. like, how many times do you have sex a week? And I'm like, you're asking this. <laughs> That's awesome. But I go, but what if they can know what a yes. healthy sex mm-hmm. life in a yes. marriage that's healthy yep. looks like? Yes. Yeah. And and they can know that, oh, it's not more exciting when you're sneaking and right. with it, somebody else. Yeah. Actually, yeah. but I don't think that's modeled out Correct. there. And yes. I think as parents, we kind of want to shut down and act like, oh yeah, it is icky. Yeah. Yeah. Even like we make it like, well, maybe mom and dad think it's gross even for them. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's just sex is bad. Right. You know, I, you know, yeah. we can be raised like sex is evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why that's speak spoken mm-hmm. over us and where it's running through our head yeah. when we get married. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Even at our house, we try to keep that open for it to be modeled for mm-hmm. our kids. And they know we have a closed door. You respect mm-hmm. a closed door. Mm, so if mom good. and dad's door is yeah. closed, you respect that. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay if they know because we we are okay with them knowing that we love each other. Yeah. And this yeah. is part of a healthy marriage. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important that you're modeling that they don't need to know details. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They don't need to know more than a closed door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we can get so almost awkward and embarrassed about sex Mm -hmm. that what we model to our kids is, no, don't even think about it, talk about it. And then we wonder why they only talk to their friends about, I went a little far with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. And they don't Mm -hmm. think they can come to us because we wouldn't have a conversation about the three-letter word. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important that they can Mm -hmm. come and say, did you have sex more than twice? Because there's only two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and some kids at exactly. teenage years think they're parents. Yes. Like it was for teenagers. It yeah. is for fun. And that once you're married, it's just to procreate. Right. Three kids, so you did it three times. A yeah. lot of not just little kids. Oh yeah. There's a lot of teenagers that think parents just don't. Yeah. And here's the sad thing we're kind of talking about that might be the case for some, and that's yeah. not yeah. how it was meant to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I actually <laughs> was telling her yesterday, I told my son, so when I was a kid. My brother and I were throwing a pencil at each other, and the pencil stuck in my head. (laughs) This is the middle of the day. This is the point of the story. I went up to my parents' door because they were in their bedroom with the door locked. But you had a pencil stuck in your head. I know, right. It was an emergency. My dad, like, laughed at it. But I was like, I never realized till this point where we lock our door for our kids. And I was like, oh. Oh, it hit you as an adult. Yeah, like, just the other day, telling my son. I'm like, oh, my my parents were having sex. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but it feels like a line you shouldn't thing. cross. Yeah. Yep, yep. And yeah. your kids probably will grow up going, oh, that's yeah. what that is. Uh-huh. That's yeah. why that and that's And that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's important to kiss in front of your kids, yes. to yeah. hug. Uh-huh. Oh, my kids light up when they walk in and Sean and I are hugging Yeah. yeah. in the kitchen. They're like, hi. Yeah. But you can tell they just love it. There's yeah. so much comfort when a marriage is strong yes. and there's so much turmoil in a kid's stomach, mm-hmm. even when their parents are raising their voice. Yes. And and we have to model it. I think if we mm-hmm. model it, there's so many things that would go right for our kids. And maybe right. we can't make up the difference in our own life. Mm-hmm. And it's some things are regrets and they're gone, mm-hmm. but we can make up the difference in our kids' lives. Absolutely. Yeah.
Yeah, for sure. So I remember a time in my life, right when I had given my life to Jesus, actually, I was in college. um, And when I gave my life to Jesus, I found myself not really feeling like I fit in to any group of people. Mm -hmm. I had my friends that were my party friends that we did all the stuff with. But then I also saw this group of people who loved Jesus, who were chasing after him. But I didn't really feel like I fit in there either. Um, So what do you say to that person who's just struggling Mm. with where do I fit in? I I don't really feel right doing what I was doing. I don't really feel like good enough Mm -hmm. to be in that group. The in-between. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're a teenager or a young adult, like friends are huge. Once you're married, once you're kind of in a career, friends are a side thing. But Mm -hmm. in that middle of that, yeah, Yeah. friends are your everything. Oh, it, it is all tied to you tend to look like, act like, talk like those that you hang out with. And so it is a choice you make that I want to look more like this than this. Yeah. And it is an easy, it's not an easy break. And I think even in adulthood, Mm -hmm. there have been times that I'm like, I want to, I want to be more like her. I want Mm -hmm. to, I want to be as eloquent as him. I want to glean from their wisdom so then I need to make space for that. But then over here, I'm like, gosh, I just feel worn out or even yeah. kind of torn down in that relationship. Yeah. But I feel obligated because we've been friends forever. But that's okay that yeah. you just start to pull away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to have major conversations. Sometimes it just happens. Right. Because we have ebbs and flows with friendships all along. Right. But it, that's the hardest spot. Yeah. But I think you're never going to look. You're not going to stand out and be your own person as a teenager in a group of everybody else looks different. Right. No matter how hard you try, it's eventually going to wear on you. So yeah. you have to change your environment. Right. You just do. So there's a step that you have to take. It might be hard, right? Like yeah. I just had to tell myself, okay, I will join this small group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's super awkward. I didn't want to, uh-huh. but it pays off. So there's just that awkward point where you just have to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like those are the people I aspire to be like, that's who I want to be around, so I'm just going to do it. You know, Aubrey's 14, and she recently was like, oh, I don't know if I'd invite her to go like that long on a, a wave for the weekend with us. I don't know. I don't know her that well, but good, good girl, and mm-hmm. but super new as a friend. And I'm like, just, and just ask her, what's holding you up? I'm like, or maybe start by having her over to the house. And she was like, even at my house, like, what am I, what are we going to do? I'm like, what you do at our house with any other friends. But right. there were all these obstacles to mm-hmm. say, that's just awkward, yeah. but it is, it's pushing through the awkward because right. that's where great friendships can be found. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your summer reading list? Oh, it's really boring for the average <laughs> girl. Phoebe, which is a, uh, not fictional, but a dramatized story of Phoebe in the Bible, who only has like one scripture, but it's about her in Rome when Paul came to be a missionary. So that's like, that's not exciting compared to what <laughs> people are reading. Cool. Yeah. Um, Josephus, who was a Jewish historian who lived uh, during and at the very end of Jesus' time on earth and then mm-hmm. went on to be kind of Roman and Jewish, a foot in both camps. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a lot of writings that the that back up what the Bible says, but he's not in the Bible. But mm-hmm. like his stories mm-hmm. were like, well, that's what that book says. It must even be so cool. more clear yeah. it's true that the Bible exists. So I know that those, I had somebody text me two days ago and say, what are you reading? And I'm like, um, <laughs> and and the Bible, and yeah. also uh, a book on Jacob, 
uh, from a very good theologian because I'm teaching the life group on Jacob, the life of Jacob. Mm -hmm. Now for like other reads, well, I was reading on angels and thought that would be a lighter read. And that's so overwhelming. I'm learning about God's counsel. And so that's where, but that's where I think God's asking me to go because, and it's not because Mm -hmm. I am a pastor and I'm ordained and all this. Yes, I went to Bible college, but uh, I took a big break from really digging into anything. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm going that direction is because I think Although I have a book, so I could be in this group. I think there's a lot of books that say a lot of like general, this will change your life. But then if they're not pointing to like the power that can change your life, which is Jesus, then I don't need that. Like that's, even if it's just neutral, it's good advice, but it's kind of neutral. And then some things would take me back, would take yeah. me away from what mm-hmm. truth is yeah. by their opinions. Yeah. So uh, I, I, the last book I read was Lisa Turkhurst's uh, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, yeah. mm-hmm. which she went through a lot in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't relate very much to mm-hmm. it, although I've been a huge fan of all her other books. Mm-hmm. And again, that's probably what I went. I'm not really in a dark spot right now, mm-hmm. so I need to go this way. Right. I'm not just going to read what everybody else is reading. Right. Mm-hmm. And I went on some sites that were not even Amazon, like Faith Life. I'm like, what is this? And I started looking up books. And I'm like, angels, I want to know about that. Yeah. And uh, and that's actually been more fulfilling than like somebody's opinion on a sixth chapter, change mm-hmm. your life by mm-hmm. these three rules. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's me, though. Yeah. What would, um, do you have like a favorite book that you always refer back to or one that you could just read over and over again? Hmm. I really liked, I mean, I wouldn't read this over and over again. I loved uh, the, what is his name? Joanna and Chip Gaines. Chip Gaines' book. It's Capital so good. Gaines. I listened to it. So good. Sean listened to it, yeah. too. Yeah. Chip Gaines, mm-hmm. Capital Gaines. So good. so good. Love that. I tend to love authors that write like they speak yes. and their personality yes. shows mm-hmm. through. That's why I loved Bob Goff, loved mm-hmm. Maria Goff, because you felt like you were hearing them mm-hmm. right then and there. Yeah. Uh, a book that I would go back to a lot. Now, if you're a novel reader, because some people are like, I don't, like, my problem is I get to highlighting and I've highlighted yeah. everything mm-hmm. and it became work. Uh, but the highlighting books, I love leadership books by Patrick Lencioni. I think he's amazing. And they're actually easy reads, very mm-hmm. easy reads, but great for leadership, even for parenting. I think oh, if you're a good leader, you're probably a better yeah. parent. Yeah. Uh, but for things I don't have to highlight, Redeeming Love. And I should go so back and read good. it. It's like, a, it's like a love story, yes. which is not like the romance, creepy, yeah. naughty novels. Yeah. But there's enough love in there. Yeah. And enough story. You're like, oh, I feel a little bad, but I guess it's okay. Yeah. It's a story from the Bible. But Redeeming Love, mm-hmm. I think if it's this thick. So mm-hmm. somebody who yeah. likes to read, read it. Yeah. And I've never don't. read a book that thick. Me either. And, and when I, I read it, it, I could not believe it. I like stared at I read that book mm-hmm. it was so good I love the shack and I brought up earlier there's a theologian chalice uh, he's a theologian that is a book reviewer to say these are books to read books not to read here's okay. my review he didn't say great things about the shack but I disagree with him because I don't read the shack like it's a a couple it with the Bible because this is right. like the Bible I read it right. like a fictional 
book. Yeah. And I love the book. I love the movie. And I think that that puts you in a place to think of God in a real personal way, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in a personal way, Jesus in a personal way. So I personally think The Shack is a great read. I always, oh, now that I'll get back to your original question, what's one I go back to? The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson mm-hmm. and Keep Circling, the devotional mm-hmm. yeah. by Mark Batterson for sure would just be in my library to always refer back to. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Jesus Plus Life podcast. If you want to keep getting these life-giving conversations, make sure you subscribe wherever you like to listen so you can keep getting these episodes every Tuesday morning. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or share us with someone who may be asking these same questions. It really does help spread awareness of the podcast and helps those searching for answers. Do you have any questions you want to ask Sunny yourself? Or maybe you want to share your own Jesus Plus Life story. We will do future episodes where Sunny will answer listener questions and stories, so we'd love to hear from you. To share, send us a message on Instagram at Jesus Plus Life. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.